How we doing? Reckless Donnie Hart here on Hungry for Hope. And I'm joined by my co-host. You might know him as Big Time. I know him as... Tim. Colleges. You kind Tim. of stole my thunder there. I was going to do the whole the whole announcer thing like last I'm, time. I'm the thunder, you're the rain, brother. Now, Tim, tell everybody who's joining us today. Ah, one of my uh, favorite independent promotion promoters. Speak up, Tim. Act like you've been here before. You're about to catch these hands. But uh, Jeffrey Kane from On Point Wrestling. Uh, it's a pleasure, guys. No, 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 no. Jeff, no oh, disrespect. I got to stop this. I, I didn't. On Hungry for Hope tonight. We have On Point Wrestling's current owner and co-founder, Jeffrey Loudy the Merkel Kane. All right, I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie, for that amazing, amazing intro. Tim, I liked yours as well, though. You don't have to sugarcoat it. It was bad. It wasn't good, Tim. I, I just said it was bad. All right, so... Everybody, welcome to another another week. I know last week was kind of crazy. I, I was telling, you know, before Loudy starts talking, I, I was telling him about our show last week. It got a little crazy, Jeff. Uh, you, you, you haven't been charged with any murders or anything? No, is this couch okay? I'm this couch? <laughs> you know, you, you ever you ever found a, co-found a million dollar company, a billion dollar company? Uh, no, I wish. All right. Well, last week we had somebody on who did that. Wow. Those things. And they were awesome. But uh, I think you can. Uh, I think you can live up to the hype of last week's amazing guest. Yeah, I, I can. I can try. You know, that's uh, big shoes. <laughs> you look like you got a big foot, Jeff. So tell everybody who you are, why you're here, and uh, you know. Well, you know, you you brought it in strong. Uh, I am, you know, Jeffrey Kane, aka Loudy, owner of On Point Wrestling. Um. Happy to be here. I'll tell you what, I've been watching since you guys started. It's The studio is amazing. Um, comes off just like it's shown on TV. You know, it's very professional. And, uh, you know, opportunity to come on with you, big guy, Donnie. I've known you a while, and, I, you know, I've been chomping at the bit. So let's you, get you right always, into this. You've always been a good friend, loyal man. I, I met a lot of people in wrestling I never really tried to be friends with. You know, it was more business. But you're one of the guys who definitely stood out, and I, I like what you were about. So... It was definitely an honor to have you here as a guest and as a friend. Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, you're not here because you don't have an interesting story. So tell people what, why you're here. You, you're in the professional wrestling world. A lot of people know you're the current owner of On Point Wrestling, one of, one of my favorite promotions. And uh, I used to work for you there. Uh, how, did, how did you get, you know, this pro wrestling world, as we've seen, is a pretty crazy world. How did you get involved in professional wrestling? Well, I'll start by saying this. Uh, I think anyone involved in this sport, it starts when they're a kid. So, young kid myself, um, childhood leukemia, actually, uh, from the age of three to seven. So, battling it at Children's Hospital, you know, you're coming home, sick as a dog, turn on the TV. A lot of kids watch cartoons. I found wrestling on Saturday mornings. So while I was sick, I was always watching it. Hulk Hogan, The Ultimate Warrior. You're watching that. You're emulating. Um, even with my cousins, we'd play wrestle in the basement. You're involved in it. It's funny. Um, my cousin was my best man at my wedding. And right before we walked out of the wedding, he joked at me and he said, uh, you remember when you would always play Hulk Hogan? 
I would always be pork chop cash because I knew <laughs> I was losing. So he would always emulate one of the Saturday morning star guys that were going to take the L as I was always Hulk Hogan. So that got me involved in watching wrestling, falling in love with the sport. Um, blessed to be 19 years old when I'm 19, living in Philadelphia. You find South Philadelphia. You know what's in Philly. Tell the people what's in Philly, brother. So I'm, I'm, I might have been a senior in high school, and you start going through your black and white TV at the time, and I found Channel 48. There was ECW. I said to my one friend, what is this on Channel 48? And he said, uh, it says it's in South Philly. So then you then start watching it and watching it, and you're watching that, and you're falling more in love with wrestling because now you're seeing stuff that you've never seen ever. Um, you go to your parents. This was the biggest challenge. I think every kid at the age of 19 without a license had for South Philly wrestling was convincing the parents to drive you to the ECW arena because they knew it was in South Philly. You didn't know where it was, but my mom knew direct. Wait, where do you want me to drop you mm -hmm. off? And the parents would work with the, you drop off, you pick up carpool, so one of us got our license, but definitely got into the ECW world going live. Now, Loudy, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. I do that a lot here. I'm sorry. I apologize yeah. in advance. <laughs> He's rude as fuck. Rude motherfucker down here. Oh, man. Our show's going to get... Are we allowed to curse? Yeah, we're allowed to curse. We're allowed to. It's so tell upon. our... You know, not all of our viewers are, are wrestling educated, but this ECW in South Philly, just before you go on, tell us a little about ECW since you were there. So, Extreme Championship Wrestling. Correct. Uh, before you cut me off, that's my next segue right in. But you're good, Donnie. You're the host. You I got even, you. You didn't um, even have to cut it. I was going right in. So I thought you were reckless, not rude. Um, but, uh, no, it, it was like nothing else. Um, I know they often use that term in wrestling, but truth be told, you're going down there as a youthful kid. You're turning. Tw I turned 21 in the arena, truth be told. Didn't go out to drink. I went to the arena for a show. But um, you're going down... You and your group of friends, you're going into a building. It's it's as close as you are to me. You're seeing this live. You're seeing stuff you've never seen. And you're you're not just watching a show. You're a part of the show. And that's what ECW was. You were in the crowd next to me. What we used to do is go there at noon. We'd get there at 12 in the afternoon. One guy would save the seat. The rest of us would go drink in the parking lot across the street, toss a football, play wiffle ball, switch out, switch in. The reason you got there early is to get on the TV side, on the bleachers, you had to get in because it was first come, first serve. So if you watch the old shows, you'll see a guy dressed as Sabu. His name was Warren. This kid was there all the time. There was a kid that dressed like the Dudleys. They all dressed like someone in there. I myself became a little Guido fan right out the gate. I don't uh -huh. know why I like the underdog, but uh, what I would do is I would go to the shows and we'd always see them pulling up. And I would ask little Guido over and over, do you have a shirt? Do you have a shirt? Do you have a shirt? And he would always tell me, no, get away. Tracy Smothers would scatter a kid because they were, you know, in character doing their things like they're supposed to do. Finally, they pulled up. I guess they finally had shirts. They pulled up to the arena one time. They looked out their window. They pointed over to me. And everyone was like, what? And they were like, not you, you scumbags, you. And when I went over... There they had the shirts. He's like, 20 bucks you've been asking for all this time. So if you watch old ECW, it's just everyone has to sit down because I'm short. But when they sit down, you'll see just me standing. And what you did was you built like a, a cult-like following with the crew. So when the FBI came out, everyone knew to give me my moment. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. FBI. All day. The, the government? 
Not the government. No, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I was about to get him out of here. I was going to kick him out. I was going to kick him out of here. wasn't me. Wasn't get him me. out of here, Tim. Get him out of here. <laughs> now nah, I became a so, diehard FBI fan. Now there are the full blood blooded Italian. Italians. Yes. I wrestled with uh, little Guido on some shows. Nah, Nunzio was the other guy, right? Nun- was so, just, Nunzio is little Guido. Yes. You know, you, we yeah. probably just lost half our viewers because they got warrants and stuff. They heard FBI mm-hmm. and, you know. Jeff, you really, we should have went over this. I know, I know. We Maybe we should start line. going over the show before, mm-hmm. timeline. Just going roll. Uh, no. But, um, yeah, you got, to, you got to be the FBI. You were the guy. I would stand up. The thing is there is just as you're going through ECW, you're, you're a part of it. Uh, we went to Asbury Park for pay-per-views. It was fun. Um, now, you, if you go ahead of the timeline, you're going right to 299. 99, one of my friends, hey, there, did you see hard copy last night? I said, what are you talking about? He's like... There's this company in Jersey, Combat Zone Wrestling. I said, where at? Mantua. Boom, we went there one show. Uh, Nick Burke was wrestling for them. Nick Burke was a father judge guy from Philly. Mm -hmm. I seen him. I said, oh, Burke's on the show. Said hi to him. Kind of was like, at that moment, you're comparing it to uh, ECW. Wasn't living up, wasn't living up, wasn't living up. Bam, Zandig came out. Wife Beater came out. I never missed a CCW show after that. Um, and that's kind of what led into it. So if you go through CCW, going live, going live, going live, what you started to do when they moved to Philly, Donnie, you would go out. I'm pretty sure you know a little bit about this after shows, you know, having a beer. So if you go to Nichols Tavern around the corner from the arena. Yeah, I used to live right next to Nichols Tavern on 2nd. So when you go second around Oregon. The, here you got some of the guys, some of the guys are coming in. So now you become a little friendly with people. So what happened was um, I became good friends with uh, the Necro Butcher. Oh, great guy. Um, and what happened, wrestler. I guess I had a few cocktails one time. You to, had a few cocktails. All right, brother. And, and I hypothetically said, hey, if you never need a spot to stay, you know, I got a house. Don't if you're stuck. So one of the girls that went to the shows. Uh, what in, girl? What girl? How does uh, she look? Uh, she's a nice girl. Yes. Nice and, girl. Yes. She's um, a wrestler? Or? No, she's one of the fans. She instant messaged me. Uh, well, oh, oh, oh. Right. it said, uh, what, "What was your aim name?" Uh, it was my name? it was my last name, Kane, O eight two eight, which is my birthday. But um, all right, happy birthday then. Yeah, she uh she messaged me and said, "Do you remember when you told Dylan in uh, or Necro in the um diner?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, he's got two weeks." Oh yeah, Oregon diner. Oregon diner. Uh-huh, I've been there said, a couple times. Two weeks, he's going to be in Philly. Uh, just can he stay with you? Now you're like, holy shit! You're packing your fridge up with beers. So, yeah, I got really good friends with Dylan or Necro. Tell um, people who Necro, like I said, not not everybody's wrestling fans. He's a crazy, oh, I hardcore, mean, very respected. I would say he's in the top, you know, five ever deathmatch wrestlers. Most notably, if you're not a deathmatch fan, he is the guy who wrestles Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Um, oh, that's great. Right. What is deathmatch wrestling for some of our fans? So deathmatch wrestling. I cut you off again. But... You did cut me off. I mean, for those that don't know deathmatch wrestling, deathmatch wrestling is the trained professional wrestlers taking it up a notch, the extreme, the um, I guess uh, hardcore, using implementing weapons if they have to in matches. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I became friends with him. Sh- shut to the get to the chase on that story. Um, same bar. Get good friends with Nick Gage. Uh, really, really, really good friends with Nick Gage. Uh, myself and Brett Lauderdale, who uh, owns GCW. Yeah, he owns GCW. Now they're doing great. We got uh, we got really good friends with Nick. Um, so what would happen was me and Necro um, 
Gage and Lauderdale went out one time. My cousin Mike, who took uh, Gage and uh, Necro back to his house, told me that, you know, it was he didn't have enough space. Can I take one person each each time they came in? So I wound up having Gage over my house every time he came in from Florida at the time. Me and Gage have become like where I would consider him one of my best friends in the sport. Um, you get good friendly with there. You're hanging out. You know more people. So now you're right around the 2008 era. 2008, all right. Uh, PWU was running. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Nah, tell us. Uh, pro, re pro Wrestling Unplugged and by John. Come on, Pro Wrestling Unplugged. You never went to one of their shows? Hold Amazing. up. Hold up. Hold up. That's Toxic Mike. I'm sorry, Kane. I'm not the only one who uh, cuts you off. I had to jump in there. No, it's good. That I federation mean... was really freaking cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, my tell us about it. You're, you're gonna you're gonna interrupt my guest. I my... brought in. You know what I had to no, do to I... get this man? I'm actually my... glad someone actually. <laughs> hey, Jeff, my... I got this. My buddies were a part of the uh, the whiteboard mafia there. Oh well, then yeah. you're gonna know my story then. Okay, Watch. go ahead. Whiteboard so... mafia. We're not going to that angle. No, brother. the whiteboard mafia. were the next part of my story. So. Here we are, PW, you're going to those shows, you're also going to CCW. Those two are rivals, kind of, in a way, because they're both running the arena. So, PW has a grand idea to run a Commissioner Idol. So, Commissioner Idol was their gimmicked idea that they were going to take a fan from the crowd and make them a commissioner. So, they told you to submit a video. Uh, Brett Lauderdale um, had to, for whatever idea, he convinced me to run. So... We submitted a video from Nichols Tavern, filmed it in Nichols there. Nichols Tavern. I was able Second to, in Oregon, everybody stopped by there. You like a little dive bar. I was able to implement the uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty from Seinfeld line. All right. I don't watch Seinfeld, but well, I'll pretend I did. And, uh, well, I, needed, up and I needed a segue for a beer, so I used the pretzels are making me thirsty. Waitress turns and gives me a beer, but... All right, I a, dig it. It was a good one, and you should watch Seinfeld. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, I don't know what you know. How many people don't know what's wrong with me, brother? Like, yeah, what are you? That's a, that's you a, don't have a doctor. Don't come in here and try to figure out what's wrong yeah, with me. That, that's a show all to itself, right there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so, next week. Um, basically, it goes from twenty people are in it to ten to five. So they're bringing you live on their show. They don't. If anyone's been in wrestling. They didn't tell you what time on the show you were. They just pulled you from the crowd. It's time to go. So kind of if you put it together, you should have known then that something was up. I didn't. I'll, I'll admit it. I was just, you know, excited to be in the ring, whatever. Um, did get the chance to, you know, in the ring interviews with DDP. Um, a couple other. Hold up. Our fans don't know who DDP is, Come but on. they might. The yoga guy? Dallas Diamond Page. Yeah. Dallas Page. So, so yeah, so they had Diamond Dallas Page. He owns a big yoga company now. People might know that. We got some yoga fans. Too. They we, had we Sabisco. They had some other people. So oh, it was a living legend. Good experience. But as that comes to a close, you're down to like the final three people. Um, back to my days of going to the bar uh, after shows. <laughs> well, you don't go to the bar anymore? After going to the bar a couple times, you recognize people. One of the girls in the contest, I turned to her right before we went out. I said, I recognize you from somewhere. And she said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Winds up being um, Adam Flash, who was a wrestler. It was his wife. So it was a work the whole time, which is understandable. I mean, they're not going to just put anyone from the crowd logistically into a, a main storyline role. Mm -hmm. But at the time, you don't know. Um, so I was deemed runner-up from Todd Gordon. So I was the commissioner idol runner-up. So from there, I went home, whatever. You don't, you're just going back to go to shows. Uh, company in Northeast Philly called ACPW run by a guy named Gemini, if you know Gemini. Gemini and... Charles is his real name. Oh, um, I'm familiar. Crash Crew is 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had to hit me up. Actually, one of their cameramen, his name's Jason Brown. I don't know if you know Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, I know Jason. Uh, Jason. Great guy. Jason, if you're out there watching the show, we love you. Uh, Keep your spirits up, brother. So from this point on, everything is, is Jason's doing. I always say, like, how did you do Jason Brown? So Jason Brown made your career. Jason Brown was there when I lost the Commissioner Idol. I, I heard he's a fan of this show. Jason, if you're out there, thank God for bringing this guy. I, I've said it to Jason personally a couple times. Like, this is, you know, all this... You know, thank you, you know, but, uh, thank you, Jason. We all like to thank you. So Tim, J- thank Jason. Hold thank on. you, Hold Jason. Up, Jason, Jason, all right, Jason, Jason, he, so, he's going through hard times right now. He's working at target. Listen. And it's nuts with the pandemic. I know he has a lot going on. So Jason sent me an, uh, instant messenger again. Here we go again. I don't remember his screen name now. Uh, um, Hey, we would like you to come to our show. Ticket will be at the door. Come through. So when I went, I had no idea what was going on. Um, Gemini, if you ever met him, he is, I'd say he's as tall as you, Donnie, but he's a big, 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 big man. Um, not very muscular built just like yourself, but, uh, he came up to me and he said, he just, he laughed at me right in my face and kind of said, man, they really did a number on you. And I said, yeah. And he goes, but, uh, I'm just going to tell you this. We're going to do some fun things and, uh, stick with me. So they, you know, they took me to their gym. They started, you know. You're going to, you know, this is what we want you to do. Uh, and around ideas. And they literally just sat there and they asked me what I did for a living. And I said, I work at a bank. And Gemini, it's like the light bulb went in his head. He goes, you're going to be the financial miracle. You're going to have money. I'm going to be the guy you want to get rid of. Any guy you manage, you're paying them. We're going to run this. And we ran that angle for... Probably from two and a half years of just any guy he worked that they showed up on that show. I managed them. It was their contract to get rid of them. Um, luckily, in all that mess, I got to another guy wasn't being used. And um, Shaheem Ali. Shaheem Ali. He trained with me yeah. at the Monster Factory. Shaheem Ali was in a tag team Great um, guy. with a guy named Little Rob. And they had broken him up. Little Rob had a baby. So Shaheem was by himself. Shaheem's, let me, let me let me not cut you off. Yep. Shaheem Ali, he was great, man. Uh, I trained at the Monster Factory. Yep. You're well aware. Pretty boy Larry Sharp. And uh, Shaheem was one of the only other guys there when I first started. It was him, Mike Spanos, and who's his uh, AC Rock uh And your guy, Cruz. Tommy. Cruz. Yeah, me and Tommy came yeah. in together. Me and Steve Cutler. Me and Steve Cutler came in, and it was them. Anthony Bennett came a little after us, but we were like the only guys there. And Ali, I learned a lot from him. And uh, Major McLennan came in. Yeah. But it was basically Spanos, uh, Cruz, and uh, and Ali. Ali. Yeah, and Shaheem, I got to manage Super him. Super talent. Yeah, Shaheem is very talented. And that's what I've seen. Um, and it was funny because he was reluctant at first. You know, I don't you know, want to be a heel. I don't, and from there, I kept telling him because I had been around other shows and stuff going, you have absolutely what it takes. You can be something. And, uh, you know, he was in down in the dumps a little bit. But I kept telling him, trust me. And I had the opportunity to bring in, do you know Pelly Premium? Pelly? No, I'm not familiar, but you're going to tell me. Pelly was one of the first Ring of Honor students. Um, Are you familiar, Tim? I think Tim might. Pelly was one of the first Ring of Honor students. Uh, Really, really, really technical wrestler. He won uh, my on-point Masters of the Mat, um, the last one we had. And he was able to work with Sheem a couple of programs. To re- and he looked at me and said, yes, this kid's really good. And it was when I saw him go on to the Monster Factory, I later seen Shaheem and said, I told you. And he, he smiled at me. And you, we always joke about that, like, 
never giving up type attitude. He's always a guy. If I, you know, I felt once he was able to, he had a lot going on, and he had the kids and the family. If he was able to dedicate himself, I always knew he'd do big things, and he did. And you know, uh, he had he had the fire, but he, uh, did. he had tons of athletic ability too. So kind of at that point, I was winding out on there on doing stuff there. Um, Doc Diamond was running DWF in Pensacola, New Jersey. Doc Diamond, good friend of the show. Doc, if you're out there listening, thank you, and how you doing? Uh, Doc is an amazing, amazing person when you get to meet him. Big fan of Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp was a big fan of his. Uh, you know, I saw you with... I, I used to go there with Larry to the, the couple shows. That's why, yeah. That's where we met. Yeah, Larry Larry was a big fan of him. Yeah, that's where we first met. When I, Larry Sharp and me came out, and I think Steve Cutler. Yeah, yeah. Larry passed away. Steve's on SmackDown, and I'm fucking freaking sitting here on a running, podcast with Tim Cookies. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, he was on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. basically, we started working for them. Um, went over there. Uh, one of the guys in ACBW too. I always like to mention. Uh, when Gemini was like, "Who am I going to put you with?" He put me with Ron Starr. And if you know Ron, Ron is an amazing class act, stand up guy. Yeah, I can't speak enough about Ron. And we can't either. We're big fans. Yeah, definitely a stand up guy. As far as uh, helping me, but Ron was influential in when DWF was running in Jersey. He said, "Why don't you come over? You're not doing anything." So I came over there with them and uh, Tyreno Blackie, and they were running the um, the Gunners, right? Yeah, they were, before they were the Gunners. It was it was the weirdest um, combo. It was them and his two Irish tag team called the McIntyres, and they formed a team called the um, INS. <laughs> and, yes, it, the INS, and they were out to, you know, get rid of everyone, and they brought me in as their spokesman. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I joined them, but it, a couple people got hurt, so that, that the whole thing blew up. And then um, at the time, like I had mentioned, I uh, knew... Nick Gage very well. So um, Matt Tremont, who is uh, owns uh, H2O Wrestling, and I can uh, talk more about that um, when I get to that part. Uh, him and a guy named um, Xavier Cross, they were they were training at DWF with, uh, uh, you know, just themselves, basically. Uh, we were talking about this earlier in the car, right? Yeah, and they were just training, you know, just doing their thing. And when I went to the show... Normally, when you go to a show, if a, if a student isn't doing something, they have them do something. So at this show in particular, they had these guys DJing, which, you know, it's yeah, everyone helps out in any way they can. Um, Xavier Cross often jokes that he was the he's one of the best DJs not known in wrestling, <laughs> if needed. Um, but when I got out of the car, Matt Tremont walked over to me and he made it a point to you know, introduce himself to me because when we would go to CZW... I would bring Nick from my house. So Matt would always see me with Nick. So he knew I was Nick's boy. So I came right over. Hey, club shirt on. I already saw the Gage shirt, so I knew. And he introduced myself. I said, well, he told me he was training. And I said, okay. So basically, to cut to it, the, the promoter there said, listen, whatever you would like to do, we really don't have anything for you. And I said, are the two guys training ready to wrestle? And they said, yeah, but what would you want to do with them? I said, well, the only thing I would like to do with them is, is just give me car blanche to do whatever I can with them. My ideas. He said, fine. So, um, I went up, walked up to them. They were red. They were already teaming. I think they put over someone in a match. And then, uh, I talked to them and they gave me their names at the time. Um, Xavier cross was going as uh DA law. <laughs> and Matt Tremont was going as Matt justice. Uh, if you ever see Tremont, he's got the, 
the the scales of justice tattoo on his arm. So they were ready for this 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 uh some kind of justice and law type tag team. So you found him, you know, he's working as a DJ. He was training in the ring, and when I when I went to the show that day, they were the only two working out in the ring. And after the show, they were bumping and still working out in the ring. So you seen that these two wanted it, and went up. We started talking. Um, from there, Matt, you know, my name is Matt. I wrestle as Matt Justice. I said, uh, what's your real name? He said, Matt Tremont. I said, sold. <laughs> I said, that is so much like, it's, you know, Tremont's, that's real. He's like, oh, you think? So the next show, they wanted to kill that INS gimmick. So thank God, right? Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they said, uh, you bring them in. So at the time I needed like a heavy hitter. So Matt was my, uh, he was my Celtic bulldozer is what I called him. Matt Trima, and then we dropped the Celtic. He became the bulldozer. Um, from there, that kid, you know. So you discovered the bulldozer, basically. I had a helping hand. Helping in, hand. In guiding Matt to everything he would have done probably without me. Great great guy, yeah. But uh, Matt is one of the top guys you can meet. Um, just from the moment we met, I knew he was humble, hungry. Hungry and humble. You start hungry the age. for hope and hungry. Oh. Listen, so... Hmm. What happened was, on that show, he started doing a couple hardcore... He, you could tell he wanted to do the deathmatch wrestling right away. They didn't really want to do it. So, um, we had gotten... There was a guy named Atticus. He runs IWA Vintage. Uh, he used to be a longtime security guard at CZW. He knew Matt was also a big Gage fan. So, you know, he had seen him a couple times on this DWF show. And he took him on, you know, I'll give you this match. And uh, it was him versus a guy named Wax. I don't know if you know yeah, Wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wax, um, another Mark. Or... Yeah, Mark, yeah, Pantalone. Um, they had their match there. Brett Lauderdale happened to be the referee. And I had been telling Brett Lauderdale over and over, because Brett was a CCW ref, this guy is the next guy, like the next guy. And he was telling me, he's like, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Because I had told him other people, you know, but that didn't kind of pan out, even though Shaheem did pan out. So I was validated on that. But um, comes to the match, he referees it. They're one move in. And Brett leaned down to me and went, oh, 100%. Uh, the next week, there was an IWA um, uh, deathmatch tournament. Someone There was an opening for it. And uh, they filled it in with Matt. Oh, hold up, Loudy. I'm going to cut you off one more time. What, what the hell is a deathmatch tournament? That came from one of our viewers. What the hell is a deathmatch tournament? Well, whoever dies, whoever doesn't die, do they win? Or it really needs to be discussed. Okay, um, it needs to be discussed. <laughs> Tim, does it need to be discussed? This is really, okay, quick, quick outline, like bullet I mean, points. Okay, all right. So, I mean, the standard deathmatch wrestling I already described to you. So, if you had one deathmatch, okay. Yeah, so, you, you described the so deathmatch. So it's what's a tournament. Is so it Mortal Kombat style? Wow. Okay. Um, you ever killed a man, Loudy? All right. So <laughs> you didn't answer the question, Loudy. Right, so if you took welcome a, to the show, brother. You happy you're here? If all you, right. Don't answer the question. Nah, if you, you don't know if he killed a guy, we'll get a lawyer. Continue, nah, Loudy. Pretend I didn't ask the question. He, he was saying FBI earlier. For those, for those asking, if you took the format uh, of a standard, standard death match, you would put it in a single elimination tournament throughout a night. Very popular. Uh, most notable King of the Death Match from IWA in Japan, Terry Funk. I mean, Cactus Jack. I mean, they've been out there since '95. Uh, but I mean, you can Google it. It's not a hard find. Right, well, it's our fans. We're looking for the fans. They're 
Google it. Terry okay. Funk, uh, Cactus Jack. You might know that, him as uh, Mick Foley, Mankind. I mean, I'm sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, the deathmatch scene is out there. I guess the hardcore era was emulated off of it. For those, I guess, only WWE fans. Half our fans only know what emulated right, means. So, so anybody, anybody that wants to know, that's listening, wants to know what a deathmatch is, just use one of your fancy internet handheld machines. Just type it in. I mean, it's not a it's not a murder type match if that's the murder. Oh no, yeah, this looks like murder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a, a match that's used in weapons in the most professional atmosphere possible. I mean, but much like wrestling, listen, there's there's bad and there's good. There's but all the most of the guys I know are very professional and and well uh, understand the genre. You hang out with some good deathmatch guys, Nick Gage. Matt Tremont, you know, we, we respect them so much as wrestlers. It's everything. They're they're real good guys. Listen, the best way to tell a good deathmatch wrestler is really simple. If you put them in a normal match, they can go as well. So most of the ones that I know, you know, you ring the bell, they can also wrestle. And that's the key because you have to wrestle first. And most of them will all tell you that. They all have to wrestle first. So I told you the, I told me and you talked about it a lot. When I first met you, it was me. Tommy, who goes by Steve Cutler on yep. SmackDown, and it was Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. We went out to Doc Diamond School, yep. and uh, we sat there and we watched the whole thing. And then I think it was Matt Tremont against uh, your other buddy, Drew Blood. Yes. And they were the main event, and it was hardcore. And Larry Sharp, he, he didn't like hardcore. It just wasn't his thing. He thought it wasn't professional. He watches. I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, oh, he's not going to like these guys. And he came up to me, and he's like, that, them kids, they, they were the best. He's like, I just don't understand why they didn't have to do the blood. He didn't get that. I, I got it. But he thought Tremont and uh, Drew, he thought they were two of the best. He was so impressed by Tremont. He liked them so much. He wanted to make them this, like, all non-hardcore wrestler. I'm telling you, Larry Sharp was very impressed with both of them. Uh, they um, stood out. I remember Larry found me. He'll and he loved you. He thought you were yeah, the best. Very entertaining. I remember. He thought you were the best. He's I like the, the announcer. He's like he's like the manager. Yeah. He's like in the two guys who 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 bled too much. They were the I best. Re- I remember the time being very and still to this day, uh, happy when I heard that Larry. He had loved you comments. so much too, man. He, he <laughs> that's what he said. He said the manager and uh, the two guys who bled too much. That's good. But um, back to the like did that. So you go through all that. They took him down. Um. I think it was Danny Havoc was very, very influential, and uh, God rest his soul. Danny was a really, really good Danny dude. Danny Havoc just passed away. Great guy. Um, influential in Brett getting Matt into CZW. The rest takes off from there. Um, from there, um, over here in Jersey, New Moon Wrestling. Yeah, New Moon with uh, Jake. They kind of were with Monster Factory Little when I started. Up, yep. They had a fall off, but uh, so, uh, Darren Leonard, who Darren just commented. Yep. Great, great dude. He just uh, mentioned us. He's watching the show. Is that O-Dog? Uh, Darren Leonard. Oh, uh, Darren. Darren Leonard is uh, yeah, we, Roughneck. Me and you, yeah, Roughnecker. You Roughnecker is a great, great dude. Great guy. Me and you and him did a lot of stuff with Adam. Adam. I was going to get to the Adam part. Yeah, yeah you get there. Roughneck's just... a great dude. Um, He was influential on uh, you know, the building itself for New Moon. It was in a great factory. Um, So what happened there is me, Tremont, actually moves in with me. So he's living with me. Um. We went to one show, I forget what show it was that we were working, and it was just a really bad experience, and sometimes they are, and, you know, we went back to my apartment, and we jokingly said, uh, you know, we could do this, and I think a lot of people always say that we could do this, but what we did was, we went back over to DWF's gym, we asked if we could use our gym on a Sunday, we got eight eight guys together that we knew in the, in the business, um... 
where we put it together in an eight-man regular tournament. Um, we called it the uh, On Point Eight. We had come up with the On Point name, you know, just sitting in the living room. Uh, you had a couple of drinks when you came up. Definitely, with it, definitely came up with some good drinking that night. I believe uh, it, brother. After that, we had that eight-man tournament, but we put it like one of them, like things kind of like beyond wrestling this is going to be on the internet but it's in no fans uh disclosed location but what happened was from us advertising it so much other wrestlers messaged us that's how i became really 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 good friends with your blood he hit me up and said hey daddy what's uh what do you call you daddy uh, he calls me daddy he calls if you're good with drew you're daddy daddy right. hey he daddy doesn't call me daddy i'm we're not you gotta get in cool, you, gotta, you gotta maybe one day you'll call me daddy if drew's watching this call donnie daddy <laughs> hey uh so you, <laughs> you say daddy daddy what's uh what's this on point stuff i'm reading all about and i said drew honored honored to have you but we had the tournament already so at that point what was that 2013 2012 may tournament i remember because i was in i was just getting into wrestling and i remember right away like people were like they respected you right away i think it yeah. had a lot to do with the people you surrounded right. yourself with a lot of these companies that come out zero respect well uh, you know they're they're jabronis i like to say you right away a lot of respect well if you treat people with respect and you are respectful i mean it goes hand in hand and you you make the people around you uh, respect you and you respect them. It's going to go a long way. Uh, when we started thinking like this actually could be a company, um, it's, it's then you're, then you put together a roster. And when I put together a roster, I put it together like it was going to be a business. So you're not just going, Hey, that guy can wrestle. I also wanted to know them personally, make sure their personality is going to be insane, not insane. You don't know what you're bringing to the locker room. And it's crazy now with all the stuff coming to forefront, this is why we build a foundation from the very gate of quality people in your locker room. Because now as... Now you look like a genius. That's so smart, though. That's the only way it should be done. But uh, that's I, awesome. The genius way, I mean, I think that's the right way to do it. It's like, it doesn't take rocket science to put good people even, around you. Even when you brought me in, we knew each other personally. You know, you talked to me, you kind of vented me, I guess, a little. And I might have had my crazy past. But, you know, at the time, I was a pretty good dude. You knew me. You talked to me and you I mean, really vented me. Well, I felt like you did. You're part of one of the best parts of like moments in On Point, which when I get to that part, like it's a really special part of On Point was what we were able to do with yeah, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in the very beginning, the key was I talked to you know several people. Are you really going to do this? Um, me and Tremont, we found a building in Runnymede, New Jersey. So Tremont and I, we 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 went on this. We found a, a good good building we had actually been working for um this gentleman uh his name is thorn um amadeus thorn yeah he, he ran beast it was called and the acronym i don't remember what it was stood for but uh he ran beast um and at the show there was a gentleman at the show that i knew growing up from northeast philly it was a benefit for someone that passed and he came up and said hey something like this could you get this company to run a benefit and i said what, what's going on? He goes, well, in running me in New Jersey, I got a sports team and I would like to run a benefit for them. Can you talk to this guy and see if they can? And I said, well, what do you, where would it be? He goes, well, I have a gym. So we had already run that tournament. So I just sat there and wait. So you have a gym, you need a benefit and you want a wrestling show. And he goes, yeah, I went, I don't have to talk to this guy. And he said, what do you mean? And I went and grabbed Matt. I said, it's going to, it's happening. And we were set. He said, oh, so we went to the Runnymede building. It was beautiful. Uh, 
I always tell everyone when you run a wrestling show, um, hurdles can happen. So the week before the show, our phone goes off in my apartment. Uh, Matt picks it up, and the person on the phone asks, is this the number to buy tickets? Matt says, yeah, I'm going to need. Then Matt put the phone up and goes, hold on. And he hands me the phone. I said, hello. He goes, run to me, police officer. Police oh, station. here he goes again, Tim. Tim, get him out of here, Tim. I He's said, talking about the FBI yeah, and the police. Did you check him for wires before he came in I don't here? know. I'm going to throw this water on him, Tim. If he electrocutes, get him out of here. So Toxic Mike. Toxic Mike, get him out of here. Well, listen, Maybe listen. he's working with Mike. Remember when Mike tried to call the cops on us last week? Yeah, he did. Jeff, so, I'm sorry to, you know, cut you off, but uh, no, he's continue, not. please, sir. So the, the gist of that is basically yeah, the uh, <laughs> when you work with townships in New Jersey, which I live coming from Philly, the township owns the building. The company rents the building. Right. So the person, my friend, who was trying to run this athletic group did not talk to the township. Township didn't want wrestling. So in a week hmm. span, I had to find a new building. Luckily, I had been working for New Moon. This is all last minute too, right? I mean, you're talking Thursday of a Saturday show. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so now you're sweating bullets. Reach out to Darren. Yeah. Previously mentioned. Yeah, Darren um, Leonard. Darren Leonard uh, and Jake Bishop. Hey, guys. What's up, Jake? This what's is up, what's Darren? going on. Can we rent your building? Open doors. Moved everything there perfectly. Every ticket was accounted for. And that was in Deptford. That Westville. was in the Deptford Westville area, yeah. which is it was an awesome, awesome building that winds up having to close for whatever reason. Um, that was a great building to run wrestling in. But uh, first show right out the gate, um, we we went. I had talked to some people, and they said if you you don't come strong your first one, you have to. So uh, we put uh, Tremont, and he wrestled Homicide. Um, Homicide, great guy, man. I trained with him. Yeah, Homicide's an amazing person, great human, you know, person to have in your locker room. So he really is, man. He really stood out to me. I met him like one time out of nowhere, and he trained me, and he he was such a good guy to learn from. And uh, we were able to put that match as the marquee. But I was also brought back Drew Blood, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, Drew Blood. Uh, Drew Blood, when he was in CCW for years, um, feuded with a guy named Pinky Sanchez. Yeah, uh, now now he just goes to Sanchez, New York guy, really humble, hardworking guy. Um, they feuded a long time, but it never had closure. So I said, I need something besides this main event. So we were able to bring that feud back. Um, and you know, it really gave the area what they always wanted to see them finish. And it opened up the gates for us to run, um, with anything, you don't rush into it. So our first year, we, uh, we only ran four shows, which is kind of tough. You know, we ran quarterly. So we didn't, you know, want to lose money or any. You games. ran four shows a year. We in the first year of 2013, we ran four shows. So we went January, May, um, September, November. Uh, only because you know, you you're you're reluctant to just go right dive right into it. We wanted to, you know, take our time, get a feeling process. But what happened was after the first one, it was when's the next one. And then when we ran May, the only reason we, you know, May wasn't as great. I ran Memorial Weekend. Shouldn't run Memorial Weekend. Stay away from the holidays. But uh, it was, you know, we did okay on that. Then in the first year going into 2014, uh, we went into the Sports and More building, which is... That's in Williamstown? It's in like the Sewell area, I believe. The big building. Um, first opportunity to actually, you know, put the full production together. Uh, we ran there a year, then we moved into... Oh, okay, a five points over there. At, uh, yep, right by the yeah, diner. 
good friend of mine owns that building, Rustelli's. Yep. Yeah, Lauren's family owns that. Great people. Ran there a couple times. I, I worked some shows there with... Uh, a couple companies have run there. What's that... That Delaware didn't, didn't company. CZW run there? CZW ran there recently. No, the yeah. Delaware company. ECWA? ECW ran there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Then we started. We Then we went over to Williamstown um, where the OTW, Jim Molino, was running. Yeah, they they were kind of a break off of uh, Larry. Kind of, yeah. Larry That's where kinda, Atlas went. And, yeah, it's uh, kind of like Larry broke, into, uh, broke off into New Moon and... OTW. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we, we moved into that building, and we were there basically up until right now. Uh, I right around. So the, that's where you're at right now. Well, currently, the, due to the COVID, the COVID, yeah. you guys are on hold. Yeah, our last show was there. Yes, that was the and we went there. H two O. H two O. It's now. Well, what happened was, um, I want to say two years ago. I want to believe, uh, Tremont, and. Separate, Tremont? yeah. Tremont and I he went off and began doing H2O shows. Um, and they say in the business, uh, heat or whatever, no heat whatsoever. It was a high five. Both of us have produced two awesome companies. You guys so are great friends. I've seen oh, you interact. You guys have no hard feelings, very much so. So he he branched off into the H2O. What happened was, um, what happened? I got the opportunity when GCW got their gym to start running shows there, kind of bigger. So I went and ran there. At the time, Jim Molino, um, he got out. So he, Matt took over the lease for the H2O building, which now, you he know. He runs his school there, runs, right? Yeah, now H2O school. Um, very, very, very successful school now. If anybody wants to be a professional wrestler, that's one of the schools they can go to. Absolutely. H2O is H2O. the center. Um Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall when they run Kevin shows. Hogan, such a great freaking dude. I, I would love to, for a minute, just uh Kevin oh. Hogan, he was a great fan of wrestling. He passed away. It's been, uh, what, two years? Kevin Hogan. Um, he was such a good dude. He was such a good fan. Shirt off your back literally would give you a muffin and a shirt off his back. And he really did give muffins. He, he did give muff muffins. He brought muffins uh, to every show. Um, even back when I was first going to CCW, it was myself and a couple other people. They were, caught, we're you know, the whack pack. That's where he got Whack Pack Hogan. He was so I've known Hogan for years. A really, got, really nice got guy. Got a horrible uh, car accident yep. and uh, on his way to work, man. Yeah, you know, guy going to work and uh, working hard, doing the right thing, and and he dies. You know, it's horrible. One of the good ones. Like his dad's a good guy too. Yeah, his Jason. dad worked for the Port Authority. Yeah. A lot of people reached out to me. They're like, "Oh, you know him? Do you know the dad? You yeah. know, the family's just great people. People, when people hear somebody good." passes they, they come to you and nothing but great things but you look at the things like you're saying like when through all the years now we've run obviously now we're 2020 so you figure seven years opportunity to do things like you mentioned um yeah, seven years you're right when you introduced me to adam and his family that was a perfect opportunity here you have a kid right, let, uh, me, let us yeah. let us go in a little bit yeah, at, uh, definitely so that was 2000 13 I would say about 14 14. Yeah, 15 so uh when, when I I did professional wrestling I, I talked about it uh absolutely you know I, I was on my way going to where I wanted to man I we talked a lot Jeff and uh but I swear the one thing I really wanted to do was give back it's you know even to get to where I was in wrestling it, it took a lot man and I really came from some dark places so my number one goal was to give back so anything I ever did, even, you know, I wasn't big time yet, but I wanted to give back. I reached out. I went to hospitals. I went to, like, underprivileged kids. I was going to West Philly every week. I was feeding the kids. 
not not because I was getting money, none of that. Because I, I really wanted to, man. I that that's what wrestling was all about, right? You've done Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Giving back. And through the process, uh somebody, Kim Black, actually reached out to me and they introduced me to Kid Adam. Super Adam, as we call him. Super Adam. And I'm the kind of guy who, you know, I, I don't like everybody. And if I like you, there's a reason. It's because you stand out. And you were one of the first guys I thought of. And uh, we talked for whatever reason. And I was like, you know, I got this kid. He's a huge wrestling fan. And uh, he, he was dying, unfortunately. He was eight years old. And uh, he, he was dying. Adam was dying. And, uh, you know, it, it was pretty emotional. It's an emotional story. And uh, I reached out to you. And you, you, you didn't hesitate because you went through... Yeah. Leukemia you shared, and I don't think I knew this when I when I mentioned no. it to you, but you jumped right away, and uh, even Darren Leonard jumped. There was a few yeah. guys, but you right away. What what can I do? And we went there for Christmas. Uh, I gave him gifts for Halloween. Me and you would stop over, and just you know, I had a lot going on at the time, but I made time. No matter what, I dropped everything. You dropped everything, and. You brought Adam on to On Point. Yeah, he was on uh, the show. Matt, Matt Boyd also brought him in yeah. in South Philly. Yeah. Uh, Matt Boyd was also awesome bringing him in. Breaker Morant. Oh, 100%. Great guy. Stand up. Class act. Another influential person. I don't throw them words out unless I really believe, you know. No, he's, he's, I usually tell you if you're a scumbag. No. So if I say you're a class act, you're a class act. Ace in the deck. He right really there. is, man. Well, we're going to play a game on a future episode where I just start naming names and you're going to be. I'll tell you, I don't bullshit. I don't lie. If I don't like somebody, I tell you. If I'll I like start... him, I tell no, you. No, he's an ace in the deck. So, yeah, we brought in Adam, uh, Tremont was involved, uh, Darren, all them guys. And, you know, we'll get back. I just want everybody to know Ad Adam passed away. Uh, Super Adam, we, we love his family. We just, you know, there's not a day that goes by. I don't think of Adam, man. Uh, I was at his funeral. Burying him, it, it wasn't easy, man. But that's one of the reasons, you know, when I was going through my hard stuff, that's one of the things that kept me going. Thinking of him that, you know, he was an eight-year-old. He didn't have no choice. He passed away. But he, he kept me fighting. And, uh, you know, I don't want to make this some sad story. But he, he's definitely the thing that helps me get out of bed every day. So tell us how, how Adam got involved. And So I, I remember when you asked me this. And it was so cool because the night before the show, um, we went to Walmart, Spencer's, and another store. And tried to buy as many Superman shirts as we could find. So everyone in the locker room had them because that was his, he was super Adam. And I remember uh, some of the bigger wrestlers, we were having trouble finding their sizes. So if you see any of the pictures, some of them are like <laughs> tightly in them. But it was, it was cool because he got to enjoy that moment. And you can have five-star matches. You can have packed buildings. But moments like that, that smile when you know everything that's going on and this kid's life when he doesn't deserve, you could, you know, he doesn't deserve what's going on. But for that five minutes, he was undefeated. You know, he was at death's door then. Let's be honest. It sucks. But, uh, he, I, I saw him in his worst. He, he, he wasn't doing good. He, he could barely get out of bed, but when he was at your show, man, he had this new life tone. Uh, he was like, ah, super and, Adam. And then, and, and you know, he, and he, he was, he he was got, near death. But he got he, his one, two, three in the middle of the ring in did. front of a whole crowd. And it's 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 amazing because his family actually wound up coming to my show still yeah, for still years, fans. years. And I always, you know, the grandpa, I believe it was our grandpa, always came to the shows. And his sister still, his sister, his yeah, dad, his mom, mom his grandpa—they're all great people, great family. And it was it was moments like that. It was just awesome. I love him, man. I'm I'm so happy he came into our life, man. And we are, we, you know, shows like that. We were also able to do. We did a, um, 
Uh, Matt Tremont's brother um, has uh, cerebral palsy. So we were able to do a cerebral palsy awareness show, which we got Gregory Iron, yeah. who is a wrestler with cerebral palsy, on the show. So that was like Tremont's brother. He really, really looked up to him. So getting them to meet was awesome. So as much as they're like, you know, great, you know, we have had good success. We've we've given a platform for a lot of people to get their name out there and excel in the business. Uh, and that's just giving the right opportunity for people um, and seeing guys that, you know, are good. But through all that, I would, you know, the good things that we were able to do as well in the charity stuff and, and stuff with Adam, uh, raising stuff, Kevin Hogan, when, when he passed, we had, you know, na naming the building, Kevin Hogan Memorial was touching. It was great. Uh, just anything, and Matt's continually doing. Also, I can't. I would be crazy not to mention um, Chris Barringer. My, you know, does all my media stuff. He also does the cerebral palsy yeah. uh, awareness. So we ran a show for him awareness as well for him. Just last year, he does the walk. So we raise money every year for his walk. So continuing to just. Steph, that's why I love you, man. You do. Uh, I cut you off again, but that's I'm sorry. Right. You, you do a lot of good stuff, and uh, you know. Through this professional wrestling world, it's crazy how we can have just running shows. Even when I was wrestling, we can have an impact way beyond ourselves. You know, when we leave this world, God forbid, whenever we do, we know, you know, you can never take away all that, that good you did. Oh, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, you were able to wake up. Same thing. You go to bed every night. I still night, wake up, man. You know, you did something right. You know, every day I wake up and, uh, you know, I think of these moments. It's crazy. I've been through hard times. And uh, by the grace of God, or by the grace of whatever you want to call it, I'm I'm doing great today. But not a moment goes by I don't wake up and you know think like anybody going through hard times out there. Th this little boy Adam we talked about, you know, he was knocking on death's door. He he had no choice. He, he was born with this, you know, it was a disease, whatever. He had no choice. He didn't do anything wrong. And he was on death's door, and he came to the show, and he gave everything he had. He enjoyed life. He smiled. So if you're going through anything hard, I know it's not easy. A lot of people in the world are going through hard things. Tim, you've been through tough times. I've been through tough times. Jeff's been through tough times. Because I think all three of us want to tell everybody to, you know, never give up. You know, keep your head up and never give up, no matter how low you are. And if you need somebody, reach out to any of us. My inbox is always open. My phone is always on. Call me. You know, we're always here. I just I just want to get that through before, you Absolutely. know, I let Jeff talk, man. That, that's what our show's about, man. I'm kind of up to date with everything now, so if you guys want to fire off, I mean, I'm here for the... Jeff, uh, oh, man, I could fire off all day. Yeah. So, Tim, what do you think? You, you, you know you know Jeff a little. You went to his show. Yeah. Well, what do you feel about that story? What do you... Yeah, it was a great story, but I got some... Uh, I got a question for you. Oh, uh, Tim the, got a question. What was your favorite match you promoted? Uh -huh. oh, um, I love not going over shit before because Jeff has no idea we said this question. <laughs> That's why I love going live. Our show's all about live. So we we've had a lot of lot of good match. We like, know that. <laughs> um, my favorite storyline in the whole company ever will be um, Drew Blood was teaming with Xavier Cross and we wanted to break them up. Xavier Cross, good dude too, man. Xavier I just want to say that I like him. Ace, He's always been very Ace. respectful, stand up guy, good wrestler. Uh, Xavier Cross, they, we, we broke them off and they were having, you know, it was done. And what happened was when Oz Tyler turned back, you know, Oz Tyler, man. Oz Tyler. Ah, the one that could have been that kid. 
Oz and, that kid should be a champion in one of the biggest companies in the world right now. Oz and Xavier Cross were teaming, and they were feuding. We brought Devin Moore in with Drew Blood. So we are building the tag team matches back and forth. They had several of them. So what we did was, um, during Oz and Joey Janela's um, storyline, Cross had gotten involved and gotten hurt a little bit. So he had Joey Janela, just to cut you off one more time, everybody... Joey Janela's with uh, AEW now. Yes. He's pretty big time. He's on with TNT, you know. The bad boy. The bad boy, Joey Janela. So he's pretty big, but he was... Joey at the time was our champion. He was your champion um, before he became big. Yes. Uh, Joey was, you know, influential in early on point wrestling and um, couldn't be prouder where he's at now. Um, but Joey had been wrestling and Cross got hurt during the match. So Cross was like, listen, I'm just going to... Uh, I'm going to sit out a show. I'm hurt. I said, hold on. I got an idea for this. So he yeah, got an idea. We brought, we brought a guy in. What we basically did was we simulate, we started the match. Um, Irish whipped to the corner. He took the buckle hard, went down, stayed down. So he stayed down, totally down um, to the point where we stopped the match. And at this point, the whole crowd thought he was legitimately hurt. And I, I still feel when I watch it bad because you could see the concern of people. And you don't know when someone's hurt and you shouldn't mess around like that. But um, at this point, we then had Drew Blood come out as the friend. So he's checking on a guy he's in you know, an argument with. But as he's checking on him, we gurney him out. A real doctor was in the crowd, um, slid in the ring. And at this point, Xavier Cross is looking at me and he's going... He's a doctor. He's a doctor. You keep going. And uh, so we did the whole thing like you're going to retire. It wound up being when he came out for the retire, Drew Blood comes out to hug him, thanks him, that he, you know, super kicks him and turns on him. Oh, they turned. Only where three people knew about the whole thing whatsoever. Then we put them in a... Uh, Let's not break K-Fee. We, uh, we then built... Uh, <laughs> we then built a barbed wire cage. Oh, yeah. Out of wood, uh, similar to the sheep herders in the 80s, had a barbed wire wooden cage. We yeah, built the same thing, whackers. and uh, Drew Blood and Cross had that match. So, the build for that, and that's your was, favorite, uh, that's probably my favorite build for a match. What do you think about that, Tim? Was that good enough for your freaking fancy answer? I mean, if you want on paper, favorite match, that, I mean, good. You, you, I, I mean, that's good. You gave a good answer to the guy, you don't have to answer his questions. I don't. I barely answer his questions. He asked me, like, you know, what time's our show? I don't, I don't know. What's your name? I don't know. You know, who's our guest? I, I didn't tell him you were coming on the show today. Oh, it's all right. This I still is... got the Facebook update. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how our show works. But yeah, that was my favorite build to a match that actually, you know, like, put time in. Uh, it was a couple shows. It, it stretched about three or four shows for one match to build, which isn't done often. That's awesome. Tim, don't you love every time I say something crazy, he like goes back to like business? Yeah, yeah that's, right, right back Tim, to business. Tim has no idea how to do that. When I say something, Tim gets all fluttered. But Tim, that... It's flustered. That that's was the word you're looking what he brought for. in. We still have some time. Fire him away. Let's, you know, we got five minutes. I, I want to talk something important, something personal with the business, the, the speaking out moment, uh, movement that's going on. Anybody who don't know professional wrestling, let me just give them a little back. Uh... Within the last week in professional wrestling, a lot of female uh, wrestlers and others have come out and spoken out. Uh, you know, they, they had cases where they, they felt, or they were, sexually assaulted. Uh, all sorts of things happened. You know, they felt they were just not treated right. Uh, a lot of criminal shit, too. Some 
some kids and uh shit i just freaking hate man there's nothing i i just hate when people bully people or take advantage of you know females or kids and uh that that happened tim i know has something to say about it we, it, we can all kind of do a round table here what do you, what do you it, what's there 70 wrestlers there, there's a lot of wrestlers but there's some that are just terrorized and predator status like joey ryan you know, for any of them you're a scumbag joey ryan you're a scumbag david star david star scumbag i, I wrestled him i don't care i don't give it what do i have to lose i don't wrestle i don't give a shit yeah, there's a lot of one-off situations. Scumbag. Too. David Starr, you're a scumbag. I wrestled on my tag team with him. I don't care. He's a scumbag. I'm just some dude on a podcast. I don't give a shit. Jeff probably can't say that, but uh, I don't give a shit. What are you going to do? You want to fight, brother? Let's go. Most ding, ding, ding. Most recently, it looks like Shakar is closing down. Shakar, I can't even say that word, so you say it and I talk about it. If Mike Quackenbush, the owner of Shakar. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> They're a wrestling company. They're based out of Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. And what do they familiar. do? Some creepy shit, right? Yeah, there's some allegations. I don't know. And then they just announced. I saw an article right before we started the show that that but company's folding. None of them admit to it. You know, I I don't lie. I messed up. I I did. I never never sexually assaulted a person. I never pedophile. No, none, none of that shit. Well, I did stupid shit that wasn't that shit. That's unforgivable, brother. Unforgivable. Well, it was like the Marty. You can't come back from touching a kid or touching a girl, smacking it like, somebody. It was like the Marty Scroll situation. He had something where he like banged out a sixteen-year-old and. Ain't no come. If I see him on a show, I'm gonna smack him. I don't even wrestle. I'm gonna be a fan. But he's like, you know what? It's legal in England. That's where it happened. He's like, it's legal, and people are responding like, "Nah, you're still fucking creep." It's disgusting, Jeff. What do you think about this? You can't talk too much. You run a big company. I mean, what do you think? To- I mean, Would you ever let any of these people? I, I know the due process. You got to some of them. You got to give the due process too. But uh, you got to respect these victims, right? I think it again back to when I said when I first started putting together on point. You surround yourself with people that you know their work ethic, what they do in the ring, but also their person that you're bringing in, and um, it's tough because trust is such an important thing in wrestling. When you close your locker room doors and. What's coming to the forefront now, it's a shame because not only are these people absolute scum, but... They're scumbags, Jeff. Let's stop. They are scumbags. These people, if you prey on kids, if you prey on women, you're a scumbag. You got a prom, come talk to me. I'm at Toxic Radio. (laughs) Mike will give you his address. I'm here. If you... Come on, let's go. There's scumbags. But I think the worst Continue, thing. Continue, Jeff. The worst thing with all this is, is we often in these times put the emphasis on the bad person and not enough about the person that's the victim. And that's the ones I really, really have my heart felt for because these are the ones that throughout this time I had to hold this in and not been able to talk to people. And it's a shame. And I'm glad that this movement has been going because. These girls, guys, whatever, whoever they are, there's multiple, you know, different things. Whoever isn't comfortable in a locker room. It's hard to come all... out, too, and talk about it. You know what? Well, now it isn't. So much respect for them. Uh, it, hopefully this helps people now realize that you just come to someone. And it's just, it, it's a shame. And it, it's going forward, this movement will hopefully open up the eyes of everyone to keep an eye out. And Absolutely. We're, we're all there. You're there. I'm there. We, we support y'all and keep on coming out, man. You got a support system. But don't uh, come out and make shit up about people, too, in the same page. Like, false allegations can fucking ruin somebody's life. You're speaking out, speak out for the right reasons to make people aware. But don't, uh, don't make shit up. 
absolutely but we care about the victims and uh we just want to say we're all here for you and uh big time tim i know you have like 30 seconds to say something and get us the freak out of here man well no i was, had a better show i was about to say that that was my big time timmy tells it like it is like something happened speak out if they didn't don't make shit up because you want to get back at somebody because you want to ruin somebody's life it's not right because it will ruin somebody's life but make sure if they need their life ruined speak yeah, out if and they need it. their life ruined and you're scared for any reason reach out to me and big time I don't give a shit, right, Tim? Do you give a shit? No, I don't give a shit. I, I've lost everything in wrestling. I don't care to go crack and some, you know, wannabe pro wrestlers around I'll, because I'll, they're touching kids and girls. I booked them just to smack them. I'll smack them all day, every day, twice on Sunday. This is Hungry for Hope. And that's the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. This is Hungry for Hope. We're so happy we had Loudy, Jeff Kane today. Uh, we're out of here, man, right, Judd? Yeah. Say bye, Tim. Tell them you said bye. Bye, Tim. See you out of here.